this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, and our, I feel like we're not doing live streams that often lately, so I apologize. We, our last one was our Winona Earp live stream, but we are back with a live stream talking about a show that was new to me, Grimm, which ran from 2011 to 2017. And what Grimm is, if you don't know what Grimm is, we're going to be talking, we're going to probably be spoiling everything, so if you don't want to be spoiled... I mean, this show is old, so you <laughs> I don't feel bad spoiling it, but if you don't want to be spoiled and you're listening or you're watching, then you should probably leave. But Grimm is about Portland detective Nick Burkhart, who has, this is the IMDb des- description, and remember these descriptions sometimes are very silly. But Portland detective Nick Burkhart has seen some gruesome crime scenes, but nothing prepares him for the strange visions he began seeing. Seemingly regular people momentarily transforming into hideous monsters. A visit from his only living relative reveals the truth. Nick has inherited the ability to see supernatural creatures, and as a quote-unquote grim, he is tasked with keeping the balance between mankind and the mythological. A reformed quote-unquote big bad wolf becomes his greatest and also reluctant ally and confident it's not long before his work as a policeman leads nick to the criminals he once thought were only found in fairy tales i can't believe anyone watched the show based on that description. just so yeah dramatic <laughs> well I, is I, the I, only thing keeping anyone <laughs> Him in his super secret trailer that basically has a giant sign pointing to it with how many people he shows. (laughs) Yes, most IMDb descriptions are like that. They're really stupid and cheesy, as I've said before, because a lot of them honestly are written by fans. I don't know if you knew that or written by people like will submit them. And so sometimes they'll be really quick and short which are usually the ones that are probably written by the the studios and stuff as their taglines but then other people write long ones that are always like okay but grim stars david i'm gonna butcher all of your last names that this isn't his name but isn't i'm gonna butcher all your last names but gene tolly as nick burkhart russell hornsby as hank griffin Silas Ware Mitchell as Monroe, Sasha Ruiz as Captain Sean Renard, Reggie Lee as Sergeant Wu, Elizabeth Tullock as Juliet Silverton and also Eve, and then Bree Turner as Rosalie Calvert, uh, uh, Claire 
Coffee is Adeline Stade. I don't know why I'm going through every single person. And then Jacqueline Tobani as Trubel. I just wanted to also mention that one. And uh, who was also in who is also in the L word generation Q that Aaron a, who is on the panel uh, also was on that episode with me, which that was also a first time watch. So yes. Okay. So, but before we actually dive into Grimm and you get to hear if I liked this show or hated this show. (laughs) (laughs) Before we get into that, I'm going to just ask my panelists what they're into right now in pop culture. So, Aaron, are you into anything? <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Grimm, trying to catch up. I've seen it I, twice all the way through, so I did a third watch um, trying to catch up for this. So I've been watching a lot of Grimm. Um, the only other thing that I've been watching is like totally something that I have no idea even why I started watching it, but it's a show called All Rise. And I like it's, I know, I don't I don't like lawyer courtroom TV shows, but I really like the show. It's really good. I think it's two seasons. Is there two seasons of it? I think I've just about got caught up because I've been like watching a lot of that. So yeah, I, it's a really really good show it's not like overly dramatic or anything so i think maybe that's why i'm liking it do not give aaron a anything overly dramatic to watch <laughs> can't <laughs> handle it <laughs> no drama i am aaron. dramatic enough myself <laughs> so meg what are you into other than the certain Podcast. I was say, so there's this podcast. No, I'm just, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> just kidding. Although not. Really. I set her up for it. So <laughs> I have. I have been listening. Enabling. I have been listening to that because it's it's still ongoing. Um, no. So other than watching Grimm, I haven't like I've been sick and I was on vacation for a really long time, so I haven't really been doing a lot of TV watching. But I did start watching A League of Their Own on Prime. Mm-hmm the series and i'm really enjoying it i'm like halfway through right now and it's it's really good it's it's i like how it's playing in the same kind of universe as the movie but it's not trying to recreate the movie or anything like that so because i think that was would just be a mistake so it's good and then that podcast that i won't name (laughs) she'll not be a fandom thing yes (laughs) definitely it all I've been that's it (laughs) that's what everybody's into nowadays (laughs) what I'm into is there is a new and I've only watched the first episode and knowing how my schedule is looking I probably won't even be finishing this anytime soon but (laughs) there's a new Netflix show called Echoes which is all about uh, these twins who one of them goes missing is how it opens up. Um, and they're played by Michelle Monaghan plays like two different characters. So, and so Michelle Monaghan, one of the twins, Gina, she's in LA and it opens up. She hasn't heard from her other twin. And then she gets a call from her twin's husband played by Matt Bomer. Uh, husband's name is Jack. So we talked about Matt Bomer a lot last week. So go listen to White Collar and the same as the Ryan Murphy production. No. <laughs> and neither were those other two shows that we talked about last week. But it also stars for fans of Shit's Creek. Karen Robinson is also in here playing a sheriff. 
So it's basically like a mystery of what's happened to this other sister. That's all I'm going to say about it because there's a huge twist at the end of the first episode. But it seems pretty interesting so far. So we'll see. When I finish it in two years, I'll let you know how. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's get into Grimm. And I also wanted to just share another little tidbit on this one is that you know, in on October 16th, 2018, NBC did announce that a spinoff of the series was in development and that the potential new series would focus on another Grimm and would continue to build off the mythology of the original series. But as of June of last year, that was dead. <laughs> so I'm sorry to so bring sad. it down for my so sad. Damn, p- damn pandemic. It's- Pretty messed up. (laughs) (laughs) And the writer's strike, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) So sadly, that is not going to be happening. Uh, So who knows? Maybe there will be something else that happens in the future. You never know. But first, I want to ask my panelists, and then my panelists will get to find out whether or not I like this show or hate this show. Um, I'm going to ask my determine if I go to bed or stay. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Will anybody be left on this panel? (laughs) Uh, So, so Aaron, what are your overall thoughts on this show? Well, I think it's pretty obvious that I love this show. It's one, it's a favorite in our house. It's kind of always in the rotation. I think it's just a really interesting story. It kind of has the same, sort of feel as supernatural kind of um, where there's like a bad guy each episode, but then there's like this overarching plot line that goes, you know, across episodes or seasons. And I think it's, I don't know. It's just really fun, especially with some of the interactions between the characters. Like I think Hank is just like so perfect. Um, But yeah, I mean, I don't think there's really, I can't think of anything that I don't like about the show. It's just, um, it's fun and I like it. And it's not like overly complicated. It doesn't try too hard. I feel like, which is it like, not in like a bad way. Like it's like, you know, the monsters are so well done. The Vessen, the way that they transform is like so cool. Um, nothing looks really that like cheesy or anything, which I think is really great. Don't, don't give me that look. <laughs> see you looking at me i wasn't looking at you i was i mean there's definitely worse shows <laughs> with monsters so yeah i mean i think of pretty much that like this show can do no wrong in my eyes really um i have like a few little beefs with the way that they treat some characters i mean julia i think was never anybody's favorite um but just the constant bad things happening to her and bad things happening to woo all the time um they have some issues with how they just didn't let Wu in on the secret for so long. That was just like, why? Like, he's such a nice guy. He's your friend. He wants to help you. That's really my biggest beef is like what they, what they did to Wu. Um, and I don't really care that they were mean to Juliet. Cause oh, did anybody like her? I don't know. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's great. That is my rant. That was quite a rant. That was yeah. <laughs> it's my stream of consciousness about Grimm. My TED talk is done. So, Meg, your I, overall thoughts? 
I love this show. I started watching it when it came out. Um, and I remember being very like, because I was so stubborn about not watching Supernatural. I remember when it came out because I hated Jared Padalecki <laughs> so much. And I wouldn't watch it. But then I was like, well, I watched Crim. And it was like the cool, edgier like, <laughs> version in my mind. <laughs> like, not really. NBC is edgier than CW. <laughs> the, the edgier. Not really, but it was just like, it was a little darker. And after, I think, the first season, it stopped taking itself too seriously. Like, it was, it was like, it was silly and I think it knew it in a way. I think the first season it was really like had that same mindset that I apparently did when I first started watching yeah. it. Um, but I just like it. I think it's a really interesting kind of take on the Brothers Grimm's fairy tales. I like the little trivia that the descendants of the Brothers Grimm live in Portland and it was filmed in Portland and stuff like that. And I think the way that they told these stories and the way that they had the Vessin and all this other stuff. I thought it was just a really kind of interesting take. I think it was really fun. I never felt bad for any of the bad stuff Juliet went, Juliet went through because I just <laughs> didn't like Juliet. <laughs> she just was not a, I thought I thought she was really boring and then she was really cool and interesting when she became a really bitchy mean hexen beast. <laughs> And then she became Eve, and I was just like, okay, like, I understand that they wanted to keep her on the show, and I think a lot of that is because um, she and David were engaged, like, the two actors fell in love and were engaged at the time, so I feel like that played some of it, but after she died, I kind of just wish she had stayed dead. And then she became this problem of like this all powerful character that can just do anything, and, and it, that kind of got a little old for me but no I love the show I don't know I think I love all the characters I think Monroe and Rosalie are absolutely adorable I really love Adeline's whole arc and where she starts and, and where we end up with her because I absolutely adore Adeline I loved her even when she was a villain because I thought she was a good villain <laughs> but yeah I just I think it's I think it's fun I think it's yeah it's it's just felt different than other shows, which is funny because this was on at the around the same time as uh, Once Upon a Time and Supernatural, and it was really kind of getting in there. And this was NBC's like take on those supernatural shows, but I just something about it just hits a little different for me than than the other two. Which and it's funny because I don't rewatch it all that often, but like I paid for it on Amazon, and now of course it's on Prime. That's <laughs> <laughs> gonna say. <laughs> That's how I watched it. It was Prime. Yeah, it's it, now it's on Prime, but I paid for it on Amazon. And every time I like watch it or it comes up for some reason, I'm reminded about how much I really, really enjoy it and love it. And and I did nothing but just that's all I did was watch it from when I started. I didn't watch anything else until it was done. Which I misjudged because I for some reason I got my dates mixed up. So I was done last week. <laughs> Oh, nice. Overachiever. I had to skip episodes because I was panicking at the end. <laughs> I ignored my family. No. Uh, okay. Well, everybody ready? <laughs> Here, wait, wait. Let me find the X so I can just hover over this yeah, in case I need to leave. Control E. Ah, got it. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just teasing, honestly. I, I really, really enjoyed this show. So you don't have to leave. <laughs> I just you wanted... get to keep a panel. <laughs> <laughs> I just decided to do it that way just to, you know, be more suspenseful and, you know, tease my panelists, making them think that I wouldn't like it. But this is actually totally up my alley 
And it's very weird to me that I've never watched this show before. And I can't explain why, because I knew of this show. It's not like I didn't know about this show. And I remember it being advertised when it was first on. And I, I don't know why. Um, maybe it was, be I do, I really, it, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't into Supernatural when it first came out. So I wasn't trying to do the opposite of what Meg was doing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no, overall, I do like this show. I do have a couple of issues with it that are kind of similar to Aaron's, but I also have issues with shows. The, a lot of shows I don't think portray witches in a very positive light, and I don't think this show does either for a lot a lot of times. But I I I enjoyed it a lot because I like. I, I would have been fine if it was even darker, but. I like shows like this that take a twist on fairy tales and grim fairy tales were not like very happy things. And I think a lot of people forget that they were very dark and twisted and they didn't really have like necessarily happy endings. And so I liked that. I really, really like Nick. And I think that's essential if you're going to have a show where he is the person you're following the whole time. I'm not saying I always agreed with everything he did. But I really, really liked him, and I think it's also the casting. I think David does an incredible job in this role, and it's very interesting watching him go through accepting this and then all the different changes and becoming friends with people that he's – with creatures he's supposed to be hunting and how that works and that dynamic and him not being like – I liked that he wasn't instantly like, I'm going to hate everybody that I'm supposed to hate. And he wasn't like that ever. So that I thought was really a nice refreshing change. Cause usually that's not the way these shows go. Uh, but yeah, overall, I really liked it. Um, I think, and I guess maybe this is controversial for people that have been fans of the show forever, but I think it ran for a perfect amount of time. I, I don't think it overstayed its welcome. I don't know about sp spinoffs. Spinoffs are so tricky. So I, uh, you know, I'm not really going to comment too much on that, whether or not I'd want one, but because they're just so tricky to do and to get right. There's a certain spinoff coming out soon that, you know, I mean, looks uh, um, awful <laughs> to me, frankly. It looks absolutely dreadful. <laughs> yeah. So see, now my panelists don't have to get mad at me. They don't have to leave because <laughs> they can actually, you know, stay. Uh, but next, what I want to know is three uh, max of your favorite episodes or your favorite overall season, Erin. So when I was doing this, I realized most of my favorite episodes were in season three. So I guess that must be my favorite season. Also, I think really all of the season finales are really good. It, they're like, it's exciting. The action is so good. Um, one of my uh, favorites is the season five finale. It's a two-parter. That was just the like the tension watching that was crazy because it kind of seemed like that might have been the end. <laughs> and we wouldn't have known what happens. One of my favorite episodes um, is the one called Blonde Ambition, and it's one with Rosalie and Monroe's wedding. And I think Rosalie and Monroe are just like the perfect couple. They're so sweet, and I'm so happy that they got married, despite just total chaos breaking out at the wedding, which was just oh, kind of funny. Um, yeah, it's just like good for them. And I'm so sad that they like their honeymoon honeymoon got ruined, but they did eventually get to go. 
one of the other good ones I think is the Christmas one with Krampus, um, which is also in season three. I, like that's just like I love Krampus, so anything Krampus related, I, I'll take it. And then uh, let's see, I don't know how many that was, but I'm gonna do one more. Um, in season five, episode ten, Map of Seven Nights, it's the one where Monroe's uncle shows up with the new set of Grimm books, and one we get to see Monroe like with so much emotion um and it's like heartbreaking and then he's got so much passion and he's gonna like avenge his uncle's death um but then also it's really exciting because like they find more keys they figure out what the map is like it's just such a good like really exciting episode so I think that covers actually I think I got all of mine in <laughs> besides the well okay the, one more of just one of my favorites is whenever <laughs> Trouble's first episode because like I love her yeah. so much. Yeah, I, I was I was I had reservations about Trouble when she first showed up, but I was like, nope, this was a great addition. Yes, like, I, I super think, suspicious know, of her when she first showed up. Yeah, well, like even not even from like in the story or whatever, just at, like as a story thing, I'm like oh okay, so this is supposed to be like this super rare thing and then now there's another grim in town and stuff like that but i think they did a, i think they did such a good job with that mm -hmm. so i have a lot but i will not name all of them <laughs> i have a lot and i'm so shocked that aaron you didn't actually take hardly any of them yes um, but i kind of like a little bit more of the lighthearted ones blind love when they are all in love with the wrong people for that little bit for Monroe's birthday. I thought that one was just kind of really funny and cute. Skin Deep was another one that with the the youth, the fountain, the foy cream. And this guy's like, guess how old I am? And his whole face is totally like deformed now at this point because he's become so addicted to this this face cream or whatever. And I just I love that. I think Monroe deserved to have a retirement and a paycheck from the Portland Police Department for how much help he gave all the time. It, okay, Bad Moon Rising is another one, despite Mark Pellegrino being in it. I just thought that was a really interesting way to dip into some of the culture and kind of give you a little glimpse into the lives of these Vessin and kind of their history and traditions as horrifying as they were. I thought that was interesting. And then Cry Havoc, which is the season four finale when Juliet is quote unquote killed. Like I said, I really liked bad Juliet. <laughs> like I, I, that was the most interesting she that I felt like she was, I thought it was really frustrating when it was like, I'm glad he told her, I guess at some point, but then she was like, well, I know this now. So now I have to insert myself in every single thing that has to do with Besson because I just found out about it. Maybe I don't know anything, but why should that stop me? But she's a veterinarian. She knows everything. <laughs> she's a veterinarian. So that works. And then it was just like, and like, it was like the second she found out, she was like, I have to be involved in every single thing. And I'm like, no, you don't. Where's your job? Like, what job do you have? We see her at work, I think, twice in six years. Well, and with that, she was in a coma for like a week, right? And like nobody, <laughs> she, she has no other friends. No one ever showed up or anything. Like, did anyone no, miss her at her job? Do any of these people do their actual jobs? No. Like, I just, yeah, I just, I found her generally fairly boring. I feel like 
at the beginning she was like well he has to be able to keep the secret from somebody and we have to see like the sacrifice or whatever marie has to tell him that he has to break up with her but yeah then he tells her and as soon as she actually believes him she's like well i have to be involved in all of this everywhere now and then he takes everybody along with him to his trailer like, that was the funniest thing. So they went to Fortress at the end. It's like, I don't want anyone knowing where we live. And then they have like Thanksgiving dinner or some shit at their at this fortress. And all of the black claw people know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry. That was so far beyond what Aaron asked. No, I just think I just think the Juliet discussion is just so interesting because I didn't really have that much of a problem with her. And so I think it's and I didn't really look up like how the fandom in general feels about her but i think that's interesting because i didn't i mean i don't think she's necessarily the best written character in the show and i think with her not having friends showing up that's definitely an issue with the writing of course mm -hmm. and with people not going and doing their real jobs and all of that it, i think it was interesting when she didn't remember who who um who nick was yeah. when she was in the coma and that, was, and, that, that and, and her struggle with that i thought was a really interesting story arc for her but i i just i just am finding it that's why i wasn't like going stop talking about <laughs> <laughs> i totally agree with you that all the finales um i thought were really really well done and i think the premieres were all really well done too mm -hmm. yeah i was basically just gonna say every finale is my favorite i, I you know a lot of sh i love when shows can really nail a finale and really make that land to where i mean for me i was binging it so i didn't have to wait but <laughs> I, I love it when they can do it because it it's it's good. To, I mean, you have to nail a finale. You have to make a finale interesting if you know you're going to be renewed and you're coming back, especially because you have to have a reason for people to keep tuning in. And then for a show like this, where I think also NBC didn't really know quite what to do with this show. I know they moved time slots. I mean, they, mm -hmm. I mean, any show that's on Fridays is usually like destined to fail kind of thing like they kind of look at that as that's where people just drop the shows they don't care as much about their networks do and so i think for a show especially like this where i think it relies a lot on having a powerful and strong fandom behind it you really have to have finales that draw you in and leave you wondering what is going to happen next and wanting to tune in and so then if you can you know, wrestle the power of the fandom to tune in and then also to be like doing social media campaigns and tweeting about it and posting about it so that NBC or whatever network it's on can see, then I think that sometimes can help too. So I think it's essential to be able to do that. And they really do it. And I think their premieres are also really good. So I think they all, they lean into each other. It's just like, honestly, it's a lot like Supernatural that way because Supernatural to me, almost always had an amazing finale and an amazing premiere episode. No matter what the episodes were like in between, they all kind of sandwiched or I guess it wouldn't be sandwich. Yeah. The bread was great. Sometimes the meat and cheeses weren't as great. <laughs> the bread always was like that perfect sourdough bread from San Francisco. <laughs> now Meg's going to go throw up, but anyway. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the finales, especially when when Monroe and Rosalie get married, their wedding. I thought their wedding was really amazing, and having Nick having to wear the sunglasses because he doesn't want everybody to know he's a grim, and just I don't know, just the image of it. And then when he he 
loses his he doesn't, he isn't able to use the sunglasses he was going to use and he's using the prescription sunglasses <laughs> and it was just i don't know just the image of him just up there you know as the best man was just really funny and yeah i mean just spoiler monroe is my absolute favorite character in this show and I also love Rosalie, and I think they are just the best together. I mean, it's like a great couple. It's the it's only so couple cute. that I care a lot about. So I really, really, really liked them together. So I liked that episode a lot. I thought it was really interesting. Had lots of interesting little twists and turns to it. And wedding episodes are tricky because they can either be like, oh, of course, you're going to have a wedding where it doesn't go off or it doesn't happen and they don't get married, that kind of stuff. Or, you know, it can be like too soap opery sometimes, but I think they handled it really well. And yeah, I echo the Krampus thing. Erin um, and I, well, it, she participates every year too. We do like a supernatural <laughs> gift thing, gift group that we have here, and we call it Krampus. So any kind of Krampus thing always has holds a special place in my heart because of that. And then I forgot to say in the beginning, because I got distracted by Fergie barking, but I wanted to say, even though I hated how long it took them to tell Sergeant Wu, I'm just like, why the why the hell aren't you telling him forever? Yeah. That was really frustrating. I will say, I loved that Hank found out in the first season. I actually really, mm -hmm. really appreciated that. And I appreciated that even though it was hard for him a little bit, it wasn't like this thing where he didn't trust Nick anymore. All of a sudden, or like there was this big like whole season arc where he's like fighting against Monroe or, you know, that kind of stuff, which a lot of other shows would do. So even though he might've struggled with certain parts of it in episodes, but it wasn't like a whole season of like trying to get, trying to get Hank back on his side kind of thing. So I also wanted mm -hmm. to just mention that because I really, really appreciate that. They just should have done the same thing with Sergeant Wu, but I guess they have to have, like you said, they have to have one person that doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> one well, person in all of Portland that doesn't know yeah. where the trailer is. I, yeah, I swear to God, Wu <laughs> could have been turning into a werewolf with that lycanthropy thing, and and they're like, well, we, maybe we shouldn't tell him yet. Let's protect him. Like the man is. <laughs> Poor that, guy. That happened, that happened after he knew already, but they're like, maybe we'll we shouldn't tell him to protect him. And meanwhile, he's in impatient psychiatric care because he feels he thinks he's losing his mind how did you think that was a good idea to keep lying to him at that like, point yeah at like, that point like how's that better just tell him that he's cool. not crazy yeah. you know and like and i think they did they did something similar with hank where hank was so nervous and scared and he was like shooting into his closet and stuff like that but i i 100 echo appreciating that hank was in on the secret pretty early i think earlier than juliet maybe oh yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and how he just trusted his partner in a lot of ways too and i like how they played that and i really actually like the friendships between especially between the men and then i think they're i think they're all really good healthy friendships i love monroe's exasperation um, he's just trying to fix his box and eat Poor and play guy. his cello. And he just wants to wear his sweaters and be his happy. Grim, his grim he's calling, asking for his help. Like it was, and but I love how he stood up for Nick and his relationship with Rosalie, not only to his parents. Oh, there's another one of my favorite episodes is when Monroe, I can't, I don't know the name of it, when Monroe gets kidnapped by mm -hmm. the. I can't even remember the name of it, but basically Vessin KKK. Mm -hmm. um, and he is just like 
my love for my wife is pure. This is, this is awful. <laughs> and I just, I think that was so well done. I really like Silas, uh, weird, Silas weird. I can't remember. Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah, Mitchell. Um, he was in prison break and he was amazing in prison break. So it was such an interesting shift to see him go from his character in prison break, which I also was obsessed with when it was out. Um, <laughs> to this really soft-spoken nerdy dude that I would just want to hang out with and listen to him like go on and on about his clocks. <laughs> <laughs> I love how nerdy he was at the beginning, but you could like these little hints that like he was like a bad boy in his past, but now he's just like wearing sweater vests and fixing clocks <laughs> yes. with his like nerdy little glasses on. And it's like he finally he's... saw Mr. Rogers at the end yeah. of like 30. He's like, oh, this is who I want. <laughs> this is it. I'm going to be a vegetarian. I'm going to just fix my clocks. Oh, I like love vegan, him so much. Vegan salmon and then meet Rosalie, who also <laughs> has a really interesting past that we get hints of, of how how bad it was that she just calls it her bad time and they're just such a great couple yeah like, they're so they perfect for each other so beautifully yeah they're very sweet they're very sweet together and right. kind of kind of really i mean he i just i love monroe i say i mean i could do a whole episode just talk about him because <laughs> i loved him from the beginning and i think what's yeah. interesting about him is you're set up in the first episode because you know the first episode is basically like red riding hood kind of take there and they're trying to find the big bad wolf that's mm -hmm. little kids and that first shot when you see him and you see the kids walk by and he turns and you and he's sniffing there is that part of you when you see him i'm like oh man he's creepy but then like you meet him in two seconds you're like no that's not that's not true and it's interesting watching him struggle with the fact that you know he is so protective of his pack basically and but also wanting them to change and to not do anything bad but also being very protective of them and not knowing always which side to choose like mm -hmm. should he be working with a grim or should he not and dealing with the fact that some people feel like he's betray betraying them by working with a grim and all of that i thought that was really an interesting struggle that he continues to go through throughout the whole series so, you know sometimes it disappears sometimes it comes back but he genuinely cares a lot for Nick and Nick genuinely cares a lot for him. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I did. I did appreciate that a lot. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, but I want to know your overall thoughts, Aaron, then on Nick as a character and then the whole grim legacy and everything. Yeah, I, I think Nick is great. I think it's one really great casting, but 
Yeah, the whole this lineage of the Grimm's um, coming down from these seven knights is just really cool. And like all the old books and all of the things being passed down. Yeah, all of the old books. Okay, I have an issue with the trailer. <laughs> Can we talk about the trailer and why they have all of these old books in this trailer? Just like waiting to be burned down by Juliet or by God knows who, because 700 people know where this trailer is at. No climate like, control. Right? Like, why Why have <laughs> these books not been digitized? Like, can you, can you not take pictures or scan them or do something? Like, and why do you have to drive to the trailer? If they were just on a hard drive, you could just, like, access them. Just carry and, a USB with you. Right? Like, <laughs> it's like, this is like a six-season advertisement for iPhones. You couldn't have put all this on your iPhone? <laughs> Anyway, that's my beef with not <laughs> scanning the books. That's my biggest issues with this show. It's like, why did they not scan these books? And then, of course, they got burned down. So, yeah, no, I think Nick is great. And I like the struggles that they put him through. But nothing is, like, too much for him to handle, really. I think that's one of the differences between this and Supernatural of, like, I don't know. Supernatural is just, like, a way more emotional show. I for some reason there's very few times when like Nick gets overly emotional besides like, you know, when his mom dies um, or when his aunt dies, um, he poor guy had to watch Juliet die twice, but yeah, I think it's, he's just great. And the whole Grimm's and I, I really want to know how many other Grimm's there are. I think that would have been a great thing to show in the spinoff just like stories of other Grimm's because apparently like half the world is Vessen and we don't know all of Portland. <laughs> no, I love how they always so, talk about like, well, it's Portland. Of course things are weird. Like that has been like this big reputation that Portland has. Everyone like, in Portland. Florida. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh my God. What kind of crazy Vessen live in Florida? Imagine if this was in, in Florida oh and they just wore nothing but tank tops <laughs> and his little badge. Oh, it's gonna be so and good. Board, and board shorts, like <laughs> he's not like other cops. <laughs> oh, oh I bet Florida Vessen are so much worse. Pick me, Grim. God, I'm not like other Grims. <laughs> yeah, see, this is the spinoff we need of like Vessens in different Miami cities and their Grimm. shenanigans. Miami. <laughs> <laughs> I love Nick. I don't know. I, I, I really enjoyed watching his growth. I think he does have a marked growth that you can see. I love that he was never afraid to ask for help. That was never an issue. Like he didn't have this like macho man, I feel like need to like, I have to do this myself. And, and I think when you talk about like something like supernatural or even other shows and like when characters are given this heavy legacy and and this power or whatever so many shows do this word like well this is my burden to bear and i have to go alone and i have to live my life by myself mm -hmm. and, da, da, da. and they kind of take this legacy as like a burden and something where they have to take in solitude and i love that this show didn't do that he is like i have this legacy and he built a community and a family for himself around it and sometimes this in spite of it. And the idea that he deviated so far, like obviously like the Grimm's have this 
their own. I loved how Vesson have their own bedtime stories about Grimm's and stuff like that. I thought that was really like a nice touch to have sprinkled in there. But their reputation is such that if you see one, that's certain death. And the way that he was just like, well, I'm not just going to do that. I'm not just going to kill people. And kind of stuck to his own convictions and his own sense of honor, even though it made his life a lot more difficult, um, both as a police officer and as a Grimm. I really appreciated that. I love his friendship with Monroe. I love his friendship with Hank. And I know it's, I, I know that it's not something that we haven't talked too much about it yet, but I really love his relationship with Adeline. I loved watching that grow. I loved, and you could see his growth. Like when Juliet becomes a hex and beast and he cannot, he can't get past it. Uh, but then you watch him grow and change and able to, to accept that as something that happens when Adeline, when her suppressant wears off and she, she becomes a hex and beast again and, and his maturity and being able to deal with it. But I, I love their legacy. I love, I, I love the whole idea of the Grimm's and the legacy. And we got a taste of how many they are from those books that Monroe's uncle, I think Felix brought. And those books were like the family trees of all the Grimm's. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, now I can, now I'm only picturing Florida, 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 Nick. <laughs> I just picture blue bots and like muscle tanks. I don't know why. Right. They're all the beach and they're just so hairy. <laughs> I just, I, I, I just liked it. Yeah. And I love him and Alan. I thought that was such a well done enemies to lovers which you know i'm a slut for enemies to love me too me too that's my <laughs> it's favorite my favorite like me too yes. yeah yeah anyway yeah he and was they, so much better with adeline than juliet just so much and i just so thought adeline was a better character if i'm being totally honest i thought she was so much more interesting well she was more complex she was yeah. better written and she went through a lot more changes and ups and downs and she was she was struggling with what she was doing from the first season so it wasn't wasn't like it was like a new thing she just she was and and i think that attraction between them was there from the beginning i yeah. i you know even if it was like kind of i mean that and that's the only way that enemies to lovers really works is if you have that already kind of there in my opinion i think that's yeah. the best way that that works but i agree i'm like, a sucker her was those. not the only way to get your blood in her nick <laughs> and that was quite a kiss that was that not was like, such a like, hot scene here's a pack. <laughs> like that <laughs> fight scene i was like mm. i loved it it was it was hot i don't know and then he's like, there's the only one way. And like, he's cut and bleeding everywhere. But sure, you got to kiss her and let her basically chew your lip off. That's the only way. <laughs> yeah, there was. Yeah, I mean, that was I, that was not like a. Yeah, he could have done that a very different way. <laughs> that wasn't the only way, like you said. Yeah, no, I, I, I love this character a lot. Uh, and I agree with what you were saying, Meg, about you know, it's true when there are characters usually in shows like this and they have all of a sudden this huge burden of a legacy and, you know, their whole lives were a lie basically. And, you know, and then also learning, you know, what, what happened to his parents didn't really happen seeing his mom again and, and all this stuff and knowing that stuff was being kept from him and hidden in secrets. Usually when that happens, you have the family, the person who has to, who has that burden 
being burdened the whole time and feeling this weight of the world. And I'm not saying, I mean, he has some struggles and, you know, there are big losses for him. It's not like he doesn't have that, but I don't, he's so like, and it could be because a lot of times when you see that they're not as old as Nick is, maybe I'm just projecting that, but it seems to me a lot of times that happens more like in late teens, early twenties to characters and so maybe because he's older, that's why. I don't really know. But I just think that is a pleasant surprise because I was not expecting that. And the fact that he doesn't really, like, doubt it. I mean, he does have doubts, but he doesn't really, like, question it for, like, episode upon episode upon episode. He really just goes with the flow. <laughs> yes. I, really, it's amazing. You, you can't really argue with that. the trailer full of books. <laughs> Right? He's, he, like, he sees, he sees Adeline as a hex and beast. He's like, well, I guess this is my life now. <laughs> yeah, well, because but, most shows, that would not, they'd be like, oh, I think I'm, you know, seeing too many things. I must, there must be, you know, they'd get like a brain, like a, what's that called? A CAT scan. Yeah. And, or they would go, you know, see a therapist or they'd be like, something's really wrong with me. Or they'd be like, stop talking to me. Or he, you know, that kind of stuff. He would have been very like, you know, all of a sudden just closed off and built up a wall. And instead he's not, I mean, he even seeks out like help from Monroe and all that stuff. It's like really quick. It's not something that happens like in the second or third season. So I appreciated that about this show, that it wasn't like that, like a lot of the other shows go, because there is a formula to these shows, but I think it's good when you do twist that formula and you don't do it exactly the way that other uh, shows have done in the past. And I think, you know, we've compared it to Supernatural a lot, but I think the thing that really separates Grimm from Supernatural is Supernatural, even though I, I love some of the seasons of that show forever <laughs> up until a certain point. I love that show. Um, <laughs> I will always love Dean though, of course. Uh, but I think that one was actually targeted at a different audience than Grimm is targeted at, frankly. I mean, I think Grimm, even though I watched Supernatural as an adult, I think Grimm is really targeted at an adult audience a little bit more than Supernatural was. And I think that's the difference. And I think that's also why there's not as much angsty stuff with Nick. So I, that's just my yeah. theory. On it. Not, I'm not, I'm not saying that like, you know, you can't watch Supernatural if you're an adult because I do, but I mean, you know, I, mean, I just <laughs> well, be that reminds me of the CW's average viewer age is 58 years old. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know if I believe that. I'm like, um I think that's so funny. It's, it's because so, of supernatural it was on for 15 well, yes, years. Yes, because <laughs> they weren't that old when they when it started. So yeah. The other thing that killed me about that was you really saw, in my opinion, that a lot of people don't understand that that age is not as old as you think it is when you're young. <laughs> I mean, I'm not that age, but I'm just saying, I think a lot of people think once you're that, that you're like, okay, I would see those memes and I know it was joking, but you'd see the memes and it'd be like people that are obviously like 80 years old. And <laughs> once you turn 50, you're only allowed to watch Jag reruns and Law and Order. <laughs> You turn into Danny Castellato. That's it. You're not allowed to watch anything fun or for maybe you can watch reruns CBS. of The Wire, but that's it. CBS. You can, yeah, you can CBS and that's it. Nothing but procedurals for you. That's all you get to watch. Oh god, that'd be the worst. Someone 
comes in and like takes all your streaming stuff away. Puts the parental locks on everything. (laughs) (laughs) Except now they're called geriatric locks or something. (laughs) I love that. Anyway. So what are your overall thoughts on the other main character and your favorite among them? I I love everybody for different I yeah, I love everybody for different reasons. Um, but again, I think Monroe and Rosalie are like absolutely my favorite, maybe my favorite couple, like, you know, top five favorite couple on TV. Like they're just so perfect together. It's not like Rosalie's not like the helpless woman that needs saving by Monroe all the time, even though he does save her, she saves him. They like just totally respect each other too. I think I really like Hank. Um, He's again, like you said, he just like totally goes along with all of this crazy stuff that he's being told. And he's like, well, you're my partner. So let's do this. Like, um, and he adapts really well. And it's really great whenever um, a Vessen will vogue in front of him to try and scare him. He's just like, yeah, I've seen scarier than you. So, um, and his like witty little one-liners every once in a while um, is just so good. And the same thing with Wu. Like, once they finally tell him, he's like such an asset to like the team, mm-hmm. and he's a really good cop to start with. So I don't know why they didn't bring him in on this sooner because they were having him work all these cases with them and not telling him the deal but one of my other favorites is trouble though i think i really love her story of like i don't know how she ended up in the foster care system and not knowing that this was you know her legacy and her life and thinking she was literally just insane seeing these people and every time she'd see one they would try to kill her and not knowing why and then Again, totally just accept- accepting this really quickly and adapting and getting on board with it. And finally, not everything ending with like the books, like every story ends. And then I cut off their head. Every story in the book is, and then I cut off their head. And, you know, her turning into kind of this super secret agent thing and traveling all over and stuff is just so nice um, that she got like her own thing and she's not just living in in his shadow all the time. And I just want to shout out for Bud because I love Bud love so Bud. much. He's just like, first of all, he's like the cutest little Vessen. <laughs> um, and like his like nervous energy, but he's always so concerned for everyone. Like he's so sweet. And the fact that his wife and his kids are like always gone. <laughs> It's just they're really, they're, they're busy really baskets and blankets and baked right. goods. <laughs> this is for my wife, but we never see her. It's like, and they're always like they're visiting her sister. Like, I don't even know how many kids he has, but uh, he's just so so perfect. His like nervous energy and how much he just cares for everyone too. And like, um, he finds out when Rosalie's pregnant, he's like so excited. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's not the point of what we're doing right now. But he's just. So 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 perfect like a great little um you know throw in cast member every once in a while and i really do like monroe's parents too i know we don't see them very much but i think they were really interesting in the fact that they did come to like love and accept rosalie was really sweet that like whenever monroe's dad goes to leave and his mom won't go and she goes to rosalie that was just so sweet um i think that was a really nice 
a little thing that they did because um, they definitely could have gone the other way. We're just like they never talked to him again and stuff. But that was really, really good. But yeah, I think I don't think there's any characters really that I don't even like. I like Renard. I like. I don't understand the whole having to turn <laughs> evil and join whatever this weird organization is. Like that just made no sense to me. But I, I guess he's just always wants it was to be his on ambition. Yeah, always wants to be on the winning side, and it just I don't know. It, I think he should have stayed with the gang, and he would have worked out better probably but yeah i like everybody but honestly bud might be my favorite now that i think about it <laughs> i love him so much the refrigerator repair man <laughs> so great no i yeah this is a cast where i honestly i really generally enjoy the characters i know i was like po- like shitting on juliet a little bit but i think she just i think a lot of it is she suffers a lot in comparison I think she just didn't have as much to her for a lot of it. And I think some of that's the writing. I think some of that might be the acting and the directing. Um, But I'm just going to echo Monroe and Rosalie's relationship. I, I absolutely love their relationship. I think they're such equals. There's so much mutual respect for each other. And Rosal and there's also not a lot of letting each other get away with shit either. It's like, just talk to me and communication is always like their big important thing in, with, with talking to each other and stuff like that. Um, I feel like Wu was initially being set up to be like this rule follower stickler kind of character. Mm-hmm. And that energy, I think with Reggie Lee and, and um, David and Russell Horns, I, th- I think their chemistry just didn't work for that. I think Wu just wound up working so much better as an ally to them rather than someone who is trying to like poke holes in their cases. And you can see in the beginning, he's kind of like, he's like, this doesn't make any sense. Da, da, da. Um, which is why they really should have brought him in a lot yeah. sooner because honestly, he was like the thorn in their size inadvertently, especially with trouble coming in mm-hmm. and be like, uh, why is this murder suspect like coming with you to crime scenes? <laughs> <laughs> but i love that I, I i love that they did finally bring him in i think trouble and nick's relationship was great this great mentoring relationship but he wasn't trying to hold on to her or protect her or anything like that he trusted in her abilities and she trusted him and he helped her build that confidence and that knowledge so she was able to go off and do better things we didn't talk about meisner who is super duper hot and i loved ghost meisner after <laughs> after Renard killed him and he's just like I'm just haunting you just for funsy and I was just like yes. I don't know I thought it was great um and like I said he was super hot so he could haunt me um all he wants I I talked a bit about Adeline so I'm not gonna hop in there too much except again to say I really love her and Nick's relationship and that growth and that arc um it's not as wholesome as Monroe and Rosalie but I think it's just as deep and just it's as hot bad. it's sexy. and it's also super hot <laughs> like when he's about to go to germany and she's just like i just like it's just I, uh, it it is hot they have great chemistry and maybe that's it i think it's maybe their chemistry has always just been so much better to me from the beginning i remember watching the show in the beginning and from the first minute i was like oh, okay that's i like that that's what i want not for me but for the show <laughs> um, <laughs> 
happy with my marriage. <laughs> um, but we didn't talk much about Renard, and I actually kind of liked it when he he became a villain, just because he knew everything already. There was nothing like to hide from him, and that was what made him almost more dangerous without Black Claw backing him, like when he was on his own trying to be mayor. And then I love the whole thing where Nick becomes becomes him and, and steps down <laughs> and then like takes care of like there's no he's not wanted anymore and, and stuff like that. I liked how they had to kind of still deal with each other because of Diana and the co-parenting that was kind of added on top of all of this. <laughs> Like we have these babies, um, I, but yeah, I think Rosalie is probably my favorite. I, but it's hard because I really like all of them. I really do enjoy all the characters in a lot of ways, even when they're bad guys. I re feel like they're generally really fleshed out, and you can understand their motivations in a lot of ways. I think the only time I got kind of like was when it became like this big government facility. I was like, okay, <laughs> maybe this is a little bit much, <laughs> but it wasn't very long, which I appreciated. I mean, we already talked about it a lot, but I'll just say, I mean, I'll just second again that I just love Monroe so, mm -hmm. so, so, so much, like just a lot. Like one of my, <laughs> one of my favorite characters in the recent time of watching new shows because i've been watching a lot of new shows recently and so far i'd say actually he's probably my favorite of the from the new shows that i've been watching uh and i think a lot of that also has to do with the actor i do want to say i think for the most part the casting of this show is pretty amazing and pretty good um for the most part um, but I think that he, I think that Silas does a really, really, really good job. And I wasn't too familiar with him before this. I mean, I've seen him in things, but I wasn't too familiar with, with him before. I never saw Prison Break. So I know, and I know everybody raves about that show and I know someday we'll probably cover it. That's how I'll watch it, but <laughs> I don't know when that'll happen. <laughs> someday we will. And then, you know, with, with the chemistry and with talking about that, you know, with uh, Nick and Adeline and, and that versus Nick and Juliet, I think the difference, and then also with uh, Rosalie and Moreau, I think Rosalie and Moreau are like the, the very comfortable couple that will last forever kind of thing. The couple that will grow old together and are also best friends and have this great relationship. That's the relationship that you actually would, in real life should strive for. And I th think with Nick and his relationship with Adeline, I think it's more like that hot, steamy um, desire. There's a different kind of desire there for each other. And they're really sexy and hot together. I'm not saying that like Monroe isn't attractive or that Rosalie isn't or anything like that. It's just like this different kind of thing. It's like this, you know, up against the wall, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing. It's, you know, like that hot kiss of people that supposedly hate each the other. Spike Puffy, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's a very good comparison. It's like the adult version of that. Like the adult, ver like Nick is the adult Buffy kind of thing. 
Yeah, that's a really good comparison. I like that comparison because it's true. <laughs> it's true. And I think with Nick and Juliet, even though I didn't have as much of a problem with her necessarily, I never bought their relationship because, and that's why it's so interesting that the actors were together in real life because I never bought their relationship. Uh, they seemed like roommates to me. Um, there were times later on in later seasons that I did a little bit more, but it just kind of felt like, I don't know, maybe it's because they had been together for a while or something, but there was never really like, I don't know. It just kind of felt like they were together because they said they were together. I don't know. I never really, their relationship didn't feel as real to me. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So that's why I think the other relationship with Nick worked so much better. Um, but yeah, Monroe forever. And and I like Hank a lot. I think Hank is, I really like Hank a lot. And and I love the actor so much. So I felt I, so bad for him that the girl he liked so much wound up working for Black Claw. I'm like, why can't he get, why can't Hank, Hank and Woo find a <laughs> happiness? Yeah, poor yeah. Hank and poor Woo too, like the love of his life. Poor Wu eating Lost. the carpet. Like, <laughs> this poor man went through so much after the cookie incident. Like, why? How could you not tell him? That? <laughs> poor guy. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no. Don't well, it's funny you mentioned the Buffy thing too because these two shows share a lot of the same writers, right? Yeah, and there's some actor crossovers. I never watched Buffy. That was not my thing. So I know nothing. I, I'm aware of the characters and the existence of the oh, shows. Shake our head and things. <laughs> Weirdly, my husband watched Buffy and he knows all about it. <laughs> Meg. Done. Never seen again. I'm, well, I, I'm surprised you don't like Buffy with the, I know. the other stuff you like. I'm surprised. Yeah, I keep it's in my list. I keep meaning to watch it. I know I should. It's just you know, I don't know. It's like don't know. I have no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean well, you know can you're tell. Doing this week. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and we have talked about Buffy in two episodes so go listen to those episodes Meg was on the second one yeah I really I really should I I keep trying to watch it like I've probably seen the first 10 episodes at this point at some point over the last couple years but I just never I can't super get into it yeah yeah well and Jen my podcast brain twin was supposed to be on tonight but she unfortunately wasn't able to make it and it's funny because both you and Jen haven't watched it. And Jen, the reason huh, she good. hasn't is because she <laughs> loves the movie so much. And I'm like, no. Nope. <laughs> I do like the movie. Well, you know what's hilarious is whenever I was a kid, my dog was named Buffy. <laughs> my dad named her. <laughs> so. Well, so I know just think of the movie and then be like, oh, better. And then it's the show. Yes, okay. a lot better than the movie. I'm not like a huge Sarah Michelle Geller fan, but maybe that's why. I don't know. But she's better than Christy Swanson. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Christy Swanson is horrible in real life. So. <laughs> oh, she yeah. is. Good she's to know. Total, she's like has she been total... in anything else, though? Like, what else is she she's in besides that? Fox News or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Trump's She's cabinet. Press <laughs> <laughs> secretary. <laughs> awesome. She's the official Trump vampire slayer. <laughs> <laughs> he 
Vampire Force. <laughs> Christy's story. <laughs> Chris, Christy Swanson and Dean Kane. <laughs> you know, little story, everybody. I was on, since we're already on a big tangent here, I once was an extra in a movie that Dean Kane was in, this little indie that was shooting here in Colorado, in Boulder, Colorado. And they, the AD, the assistant director, came up to us and said, do not talk to Dean Kane. Do not look at Dean Kane. And so many of the extras had no clue who Don't in the hell he was. And so when oh so he came on the set, we were joking with each other. Oh my why, gosh. That's why they that's why they did it. So he would feel like, <laughs> like it was a border that people couldn't look at him. And not because no one had any idea who he was or what he was doing there. <laughs> it was so funny. It was really funny. But anyway, okay, well. <laughs> This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, now streaming only on Hulu. Back to Grim. So, Aaron, what is your favorite supernatural being? I actually really like the Hex and Beast story, I guess, and the Zauber Beasts. I think that's really interesting. And I don't, I know you had mentioned like witches, and I don't, I don't know. It just seems different than me to me that they're not straight classifying them as witches. I think it's really interesting the abilities that they have and I love like Diana and her abilities and how they're different than everybody else's and that she's obviously special. So I think those are some of the most interesting to me. I think there's just like such a wide variety. Um, who I can't think of his name. Bonaparte, the guy in charge of black claw is also like a different kind of Zauber beast, which is weird. It's like, Huh? He's full-blooded sour beast, which is, yeah. rare, which is really rare. Yeah. yeah, so just like that they all have like kind of different abilities is really interesting. I do think it's kind of funny that the Bauerstein are a lot of the times cops. <laughs> which is freaking <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and like it seems like like I don't know if this is deliberate, but like they all seem to have like kind of their own little thing. Like, yeah, those are cops. The Hoonjagers, a lot of those are just like the Black Claw minions. Um, there's like, seems to be tons of those because they keep getting killed by trouble. Like I said, Bud is just like the ice beavers are just like so cute. Now they're all, all of them are so nervous when he's at his little meeting with like all of them together and they're all like, oh, that's a lot. <laughs> and yeah, and a lot. Like, it's like, kid. <laughs> like, like a little beaver dam. <laughs> oh, it's, so it's so good. How like nervous they are. It's just hilarious. Oh, it's so good. And also, like I know it's not a vessel, but I do really like the lycanthrope thing with Wu. And I wish we would have got to see more of that and him gain control of that because I think that would have been interesting. Um, even though he's not like Vesson really, but I think like that like happened and then just nobody talked about it again. It was weird. I don't know. He turned into, he had his little thing happen a few times. 
when he yeah. gets fat and stuffy, but he never can't control of it. But that was a good episode, too. That was a heartbreaking one. And it, I loved the the little, like, turn that they have when this guy's like, he's got to get home before nightfall and stuff like that. <laughs> and it's not him. It's mom. And I thought, I, I liked that a little bit, but I don't know. Other than the ones you had mentioned, which I like, too, I like the Hex and Bees kind of mythology in the Zour Bees, but um, I love the Fuchsbau. Little fox. I think yeah. Rosalie is like so cute when she turns into a fox. Yeah. But they're also they can also be scary and mean, which I like too. She's like so pretty, and then the, like her vessin form is so pretty too. It's yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I love it. I think I think it's really interesting, and I love I like that it's a they're like the wolf and the fox together. I'm like oh, it's so cute. I, I'm sad that we never got to see their triplets though. Right. Yes. That's what. Well, that's the one thing oh. that kind of bummed me out. I love Monroe's nightmare, though. <laughs> he kept having babies over and over and over again. And he's like, I don't know where to put these anymore. But another one I really liked was the Naiad. And we really talked about that, the, the mermaid one, basically, mm. from the one night stand. I like. I thought that was a really interesting and kind of heartbreaking story where like the male Naiads are sterile. So all of their children are actually their children and, and kind of how that whole storyline goes. I also appreciated having a deaf character and she wasn't the bad guy. And I'm fairly certain she was played by a deaf actress, but yeah, I just, those are a couple that I really like. but there's so many, there are so many Vessen. The, the glowing blue alien ones too. That was just the weirdest thing ever to me. And the 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 bird that like lay, the goose or the bird with the golden egg thing was so was gross. so weird. It was so gross. But I and I can't remember that actor's name. But I I like that actor. She's she's in a lot of like one yeah so roles and stuff. And I think she does a really good job with it. But yeah. Otherwise, I'm just gonna start like going down the list because I thought they were really cool. <laughs> I liked the Vessin. I thought it was really interesting. I also love that there's two different stages of voguing. Like, either they, they can vogue so just them each other can see it, or they can, like, go full vogue so the whole world can see. And I just... And the, the preacher guy who was doing the revival tent and fighting Satan. That episode broke Oh, me yeah. Too. That episode made me kind of, like, really broke my heart, too. Because he wasn't doing anything, like, wrong, necessarily. But his... <laughs> That was a whole other thing that made me sad, though. Anyway, I'm done until I interrupt Aaron. <laughs> Either um, one, pick pick which Aaron. <laughs> one of them. I like I like the blue bot because I just I you know what's funny is I actually am not always a fan of werewolf stuff. I'm very picky about that because a lot of times I think it's kind of I don't know. There are some like I love the movie Wolf. Um, with Jack Nicholson and stuff, and there are a few others, of course, werewolves within. But I, but I, but with the werewolf thing is not always one of my favorite mythologies. And I know these aren't werewolves, but they are. I mean, it's the same kind of thing. And I just think they're a lot more interesting. And I do think, I mean, I did kind of laugh and roll my eyes really early on when Aaron was talking about how realistic and how good the special effects are, because there are times where I was just kind of like. That's so cheesy looking, but I understand. Oh my God, I love it. 
but but I understand because of it being a television show and the budget carry constraints and all that stuff. So I, I give it a pass for that. But that's why I just I had to kind of laugh. But I don't think like when Monroe changes and when some of them are really interesting because it's not like a full on their whole body changes. A lot of it sometimes is subtle in a way or like just little changes to their facial features that I don't know, sometimes are cute and I don't know. Those, those ones are my favorite because it's probably the first time that I've ever liked the werewolves the best in a show that has various different supernatural beings. So yeah, the blue buttons. I, I feel I'm sorry, I felt like it was a given that we all love the blue buttons. Yeah. <laughs> I love when Monroe's parents change too. That yeah. that was cool. Yeah. Seeing his love- mom, his sweet little mom. Shout out to D. Wallace. His like adorable little mom turns into a yes. badass. I love D. Wallace. Wallace. Go listen to our San Diego Comic Con coverage for a brief little interview with D. Wallace, who is the sweetest person in real life. She is so sweet, really sweet, sweet, down to earth person. She's so, I like yes. I like all the really cute ones, like the <laughs> the ice weaver and stuff, and like the little like mice ones. Not the rats. The rat king thing was weird and scary. I was not a fan of that, but like the little mice ones and the bunnies and stuff like that. And I'm just like. Oh, the bunnies were not very good. <laughs> oh, sorry. Bunnies, the most terrifying of all of us. I'm just saying that because I don't know. I'm, I'm saying that because I don't like bunnies. <laughs> the worst one was the blobfish one. <laughs> that was funny, though, because everyone's like, oh, God, no. <laughs> no please, don't, do it. don't do it. Don't get emotional. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Even Rosalie, who's so nice to everyone, was like, please don't. <laughs> oh, and the Muse one. That one was an interesting one too. When she like just started making out with Nick. But she didn't realize he was a grim and then she's like, oh shit, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> I'm bit off more than I can chew. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I wanna know what your thoughts are on the series finale. Did you like the way this show ended, Aaron? <laughs> you know I did. Um <laughs> I love a happy ending. I'm really good at accepting the ending that I am given. I don't get angry about endings. I, that was like, I remember watching it, like, I guess live whenever, like, it aired on TV. And, like, that was, like, the most stressful two episodes of just, like, oh, God, everyone's dying. No, like, for reals, everyone is dying. Like, this is so bad. Why is everybody dying? But, yeah, like, it, when, everyone's dying and then it just goes back and kind of you realize that at the end that it's kind of I guess the way I think it happened is just sort of parallel timelines maybe and so everyone comes back and I love the cute little scene where he like hugs everybody he's like and you're alive and you're alive and you're alive and it's like the most like Wizard of Oz moment where he oh, comes- I was thinking George Bailey yeah, that too. Yeah, I was like, picture like Wizard of Oz, like, like he's just so happy, and yeah, I, I picture everything is good after that. The last scene where it's like twenty years down the line and stuff was interesting. I appreciate that they rebuilt the trailer <laughs> and have a computer in there. That was very helpful. But then we don't even get to see the triplets, which is so rude. But yeah, no, I think it was really good. And I'm glad that not 
everyone really died um, because I probably would have been very upset by that. So I think it was a great finale. I'm glad they wrapped it up like that. Um, even though it was a half season, I think it was a really good season. Yeah, I think they did a really. I think the final season, I think they actually did a really good mm-hmm. job with a lot of it. I love the series finale. I thought it was great. Yeah. I also agree that it, it's a parallel timeline situation. Um, I think I would have been. They, I think they did a really good job in having everyone die and have this whole situation, but and then Nick going back and, and making a different choice basically and letting his legacy and not making the selfish choice is what kind of put him back. I think it could have been so easy for that to have been like a cheap, Oh, mm-hmm. he's just dreaming the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like how they did it and it didn't feel like that. I, Oh God. It, I remember watching it live and just, I would agree. I was so stressed out. I was like, Oh my <laughs> God, they killed Hank yeah. and Woo and, 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 and it was just like, and, and it just, I just, it was breaking my heart. And then to have Diana be like, Nick and I want to go with him. We want to be with, with the oh God. destroyer and stuff like that. And I'm like, Oh my God, baby. And I just, I, did, I love it when he came through the mirror and everyone's like, are you okay? And he's like, oh, you're here and you're alive. And, and he never really explains it too much. He's just like, I'm just glad everything's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I really appreciated that with the 20 years on and, and they're doing the hunting and stuff like that. I appreciate the idea that this problem in this city being solved doesn't mean that the legacy of the Grimm's are over. It doesn't mean that a kind of peace on earth situation or something like that. You still have, I don't know if the Royals are too much of an issue anymore. It's like Black Claw came in and took away the Royals as, as the big enemy. But I really, I don't know. I liked it. I, I loved it when Diana was like, mom and dad are waiting for us. And so are the triplets. But I'm like, why can't we see them? Why can't we see the triplets? I want to see my own rolls of these cute little babies, even though they're like 20. <laughs> but and I and I liked kind of how it 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 continued on and built on like not to say not to say it, but the family business aspect of it. I know I hate say I hate myself <laughs> even saying it, but we talked a lot about how like Marie and Kelly both were these loners who gave up their families, who gave up their lives and stuff like that to do this job and how much both of them regretted that. And I love seeing at the end, like Nick starts this journey pretty much alone, but he ends it with a whole family. And I loved, that's probably one of my favorite things about the show, honestly, is once finally, finally, once everybody knows and (laughs) they digitize their records And Nick has a house that he doesn't actually tell anyone where he lives. (laughs) But I I just, I really liked that. I felt like it came full circle. I agree. Um, Aaron, you said that it felt like it ran the exact right amount of time. I think it finished right when it should have. And I just, I I thought it was great. I love the finale. I, yeah. I was going to watch it again today, but then I got busy. I watched the finale today, so um, it's pretty fresh in, like, only, like, about 
four hours before we started or so. Not like that matters, but just, um, (laughs) (laughs) I, I liked it. I mean, I, 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 you know, I like dark and twisted things. I did not like the fact that everybody was dying. I'm not saying I liked that. I was just like, like, oh, we're dead. I was like, really? They're really going to kill everybody? This is weird. Uh, And I really, you know, until you find out that's not true, I'm like, they really are killing every single person. And horrifyingly, like in really bad ways. Yeah. So, I mean... But I was glad that wasn't the way it ended. I'm not saying I wanted it to end that way. I was just like, wow, this is taking a really dark, dark turn here to end the show. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe they tried to cast the triplets and they just couldn't for some reason. And that's why you never saw them. I'm just kidding. I just tried to come up with some, some excuse. But, I mean, it is one of those that really wraps it up nicely. I think a lot of the shows we've actually been talking about recently – not all of them, but a lot of them, um, you know, with White Collar and um, Winona Earp and stuff, have like really good finales that wrap it everything up, but also leave space that if you were to ever revisit, mm-hmm. it wouldn't seem weird. It wouldn't seem like you're trying to do something. And they aren't, they also aren't finales that leave it so up in the air that you're like, what the hell? And they, they're not so tidy that you're also like, what the hell? So I think it's another one that has a really good finale like that. Like if you were to ever do like a movie or to ever, I'm not saying they necessarily should, but if you were to ever do that, it wouldn't be so out of the realm of possibilities and they wouldn't have messed it up so much that you can't do that kind of thing. So I think it's, I think it's really good, but yeah, as a first time watcher, I really, really, really enjoyed it. So quickly, before we get to our last segment, I just want to know, did you want there to be that spinoff, Erin? Did you want that to happen? I would have wanted to know more information about it before I decided to hate it. Um, <laughs> before I decided to hate it? <laughs> I know. I, I definitely would have watched it. I'm just so, like, I can't believe they never even told us the concept. Like, is it Diana and Kelly? Is that what the spinoff is? Was that what they were leaving it open for? Or is it like a totally new Grimm? Or is it Trouble doing her jet-setting thing, murdering Vesson around the world? Or like, I, there's so many ways it could have gone. So I I actually really wouldn't mind it. Um, even now, even if we could just get a, like a special or a couple of episodes, like I think, yeah, I would be into that. Meg, did you want... Yeah, I I agree. I feel like so much of what I loved about the show, like the concept is cool. The stories are really, really interesting. But so much of what kept me watching were the characters. And I think it'd be tough for me to really be able to invest again. But who knows if it, if it was following Kelly and Diana, I'd be like, okay, now where are the triplets and where's your mom and dad? I just had the best idea. <laughs> Sitcom, right? Um, <laughs> Rosalie and Monroe raising triplets in the spice shop. <laughs> Family comedy. <laughs> they have to change all their, bo- all their bottles. <laughs> I would definitely actually just watch a show of Monroe and Rosalie running the spice shop. I imagine that there's some like interesting cases they could get from their customers. 
Yeah, I think that would be fun. No, yeah, I think it, the it, family it, comedy of raising the triplets. That's what I'm into. It's just yeah. making me think of ABC with you'd had the Friday nights with like Full House. And yes. Um, yes. I don't know why. That's <laughs> so <laughs> good. TGI Fridays. Yes. T thank you. I was like, what was that called? Yeah, TGI Fridays. TGI Fridays. Yeah. That, <laughs> that would be great. But yeah, I think I think I would I would if we were watching Trouble and seeing some of what Trouble was doing when she wasn't with Nick. Or continuing on what she was doing because she's not staying with with Nick forever. Like they don't need that many people, and especially now with, with Diana and and Kelly and the the triplets aren't Hunt aren't Grimm's, but they're on the same team. Like that's a lot of how what is going on with the vested in Portland that they need this many lawkeepers. <laughs> <laughs> But I think it'd be tough to start all over with a whole new city and a new cast and stuff like that. Because so much what I loved about the original was the characters and their relation and stories. So, But I would watch it. I would give it a shot for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things when you like a show, whether or not you want the spinoff or not. I think there's a part of you that will... that will tune in no matter what kind of just to see what it is they're giving you if it does mm -hmm. happen mm -hmm. uh i think for this one and I, I think this is the case for a lot of these i think sometimes with spinoffs you kind of have to have at least one or two characters from the original in order to make it work or in order to make it intriguing i think if you do like a spinoff and it's just like a whole new grim and you don't know who these people like you go to florida <laughs> <laughs> no, that is I TV gold. I would watch because no one would these... bat an eye at any of the Vessin shenanigans because they're like it's just Florida. But it's like the think, least weird thing to happen in Florida. Yeah, I think the least realistic part about any of this show is that Adeline didn't have any more kids because that woman <laughs> got pregnant. She did. She All, got pregnant like, so she was, Yeah, she was like, I had sex. What? And then I had a baby, and then I had sex one more time, and I was pregnant again. And I'm like, Jesus Christ! Sex and beasts are immune to contraceptives. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, and who knows? Maybe someday there will be they'll revive this show. I, I, I don't think that's going to happen, but you never know. <laughs> I didn't, think a lot of things. I didn't think a lot of things would happen, but you know, but I do want to put this out of the universe. There are certain shows that you do not need to do spinoffs of <clears throat> Dexter. We do not need a flipping. We don't need a Dexter universe with all the other characters. So you, you righted the wrongs of the original finale. You don't need to do that. Sorry, but there was news that came out this last <laughs> week about that. And I'm like, no, and it's, it's only because the ratings were so good at Showtime. So it's like, I don't think it's a spinoff, but I'm really excited about Rings of Power coming up for. I think you could consider that. It's based so? on, yeah, it's based on this series of the I, universe, yeah. I but guess. We, the universe, House of Dragons. I well, House of Dragons. I think so too. Yeah, it's all in the same universe. That's what I'm excited. Not House of Dragons. I don't give a shit about House of Dragons. But I'm <laughs> no super dragons excited for about, you. No dragons for me. I'm super excited about uh, Rings of Power. So now you know what my next thing is going to be next time I'm on this show, <laughs> what I'm into. 
we should that's an episode idea sometime talking about spinoffs and stuff because mm -hmm. they've been around for decades and decades and decades yeah. and decades and some some are actually better than the original or they do better than the original that kind of thing we should we should Meg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, that was not me being weird. That was me trying to think of. Oh, I thought that was you being uh, like. You're right. No, yeah. I was, no, it was Happy Days. I had a, a just, and then I happy just. Days. My whole happy days, yeah, Happy Days yeah. was yeah, and, th and then they had the spinoff that Joni loves Chachi or whatever. What I, like my, I, I wasn't being weird. But like I had a complete combustion in my brain when I was trying to think of something. <laughs> Um, I was trying to think of a spinoff that was better than the original, and then my brain just melted when I was trying to think of it. So then I realized I'm giving Aaron the dirtiest look in the world. Like, well, bitch, funny. please. Well, and Mork and Mindy, Mork and Mindy, Mork and Mindy was a spinoff of, spin of Happy Days. Happy Days. Yeah. yeah, and that and was Mork... better than Happy Days. Yeah, I agree. I love Mork and Mindy, <laughs> but I, I never really like watched show. Happy Days. So me either. Kid, but that tells I... you enough that you need. <laughs> that tells you enough to know. <laughs> Well, Bob Newhart was there. I've there were several. Him, there was the new Bob Newhart, like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it happened twice, that's, and that's a lot for me. <laughs> a weird amount. Because there was the the Newhart show. There was Bob Newhart. There was the one. Which one was the one where they had the place in Maine or the the bed and like, breakfast? That was in like that, the 80s or something, like or 90s or something. That was the Bob Newhart show, right? Yeah, I think so. Wasn't not, one was Tyler the Newhart, Morris one was spin -off? Bob Newhart. No. I don't know, but yeah, I know there was Rhoda. Another, there was a Rhoda, Rhoda spinoff. Yeah. <laughs> How did we get the 70s spinoffs? We have wandered so <laughs> wow. far. So far. <laughs> spinoffs before we were born. Go. <laughs> Some people think it was though. That's I've heard. I have heard it is though. Most people are wrong. Angel okay. was better in spinoff than he was in the original. He wasn't nearly as insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> she did a spinoff about Riley. <laughs> Bite your tongue. <laughs> now suddenly I'm kicked out. Of <laughs> Coming this summer to Done. the CW. <laughs> they gotta appeal to their 58 year old audience what better way to do it <laughs> uh, okay well our, I know that my two panelists are two panelists that do usually play so it is time to play Six Degrees of Finn Whitrock are both of my panelists playing yes <gasps> I have okay. something I'm not playing. I I don't, don't, want, you don't have anything I mean, oh, I can get the website. Hang on. Let me get the, okay. Oracle, <laughs> the Oracle of Bacon website. <laughs> the Oracle of Bacon. Um, so, Aaron, I knew I was like my Finn crew. They always, I, honestly, even though I have a caveat that not, that you don't have to play, if my member, if, a, if one of my members of my Finn crew doesn't play on an episode, you're kicked then, out. There will be hell to pay. No, <laughs> you're out of the crew. <laughs> You're out of the you're out of the crew because it was our anniversary. <laughs> oh, it was. <laughs> Yesterday was our anniversary. Happy year, Aaron. Yeah. 
we should have got hats. I know. It was a year ago that we started doing the live tweets for Double Feature, (laughs) and that was what brought the greatest Finn Whitrock's the greatest season. Yes, the the greatest season. Not that the greatest hair into our lives, and then Finn Whitrock became a staple of this show. Whether everybody likes it or not, whether he likes it or not. <laughs> I would like to think he likes it. I think he likes it. Uh, I, I choose to believe he likes this right. a lot. Who um, wouldn't like us? Come on. Exactly. <laughs> I choose to believe he has a super cut that he did just for himself of all the times he's mentioned. Oh my gosh. I don't know Whatever if he, he has, I don't know if he has enough space on his hard drive. Whenever he gets depressed, he's like, I'm just gonna go. I'm feeling it. sad. I'm gonna play 26 hours of people <laughs> talking about me. <laughs> okay, well, so Aaron, how did you connect Mr. Finn Whitrock to Grimm? Okay, so we'll talk about one of um, my favorites, Jacqueline Tabani, who I really love, and she, she's just like so good in the Elwood, but we're not going to talk about that. She was in a movie, um, she played Trouble in this. She was in a movie called The Bygone with Jamie McShane, um, and he was in Gone Girl with Ben Affleck, who was in the fantastic movie Deep Water. <laughs> With Finn for five full minutes. Amazing. <laughs> with the snails. Remember, with the, remember, right. remember, if you're a fan of deep water or if you're a fan of snails, head on over <laughs> to our Red Bubble store and pick up It's a Snail Thing in our Red Bubble. <laughs> the movie about snails, the only movie in history that's ever been made about snails. Um, and one. Finn's close personal relationship with snails. Movie about a snail. <laughs> oh yeah, that's out. So if you're a fan of that anime, oh yeah, that, that was based so on Deep Water, from what I heard. For never sure, seen, I've never seen either <laughs> of these movies. <laughs> snail who dreamed of being a racer. <laughs> so Meg, did you find one? I after a lot of I did a lot of research. I did a lot of soul searching. I spent a lot of time. Mining the recesses of my mind, and I was able to make a connection. Sasha Roy's, who plays Renard, was in The Day After Tomorrow with Emmy Rossum, who was in A Futile and Stupid Gesture with Finn Whitrock. Whoa, that's a first timer! Yeah, all my research, all the work I did. First time one, woohoo! Woohoo! I mean, I could do another one. He was. Let me just. I got. They're all up in here, man. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, for I love it when it's a first time one that we haven't we haven't we haven't gotten to before. You're so. welcome. I did a lot. Thank you, man. I worked thanks. hard. Thanks for thanks for spending I sacrificed hours, hours and days and weeks <laughs> and years and months. Did nothing but meditate. <laughs> no, Finn, uh, no six degrees of Finn will ever top my the, the dungeons. I know these connections. That's, that's my favorite one you've done. That was good. Oh, that was just amazing. <laughs> that, was amazing. <laughs> that was pretty amazing. Yep. Um, well, I I had a couple, but the one I'm going to use is Silas. So Silas was in an episode of Dexter, and also in Dexter is. 
I didn't write her name down because I'm like going to remember her name, but now I'll, Jennifer Carpenter, who was in a mouthful of air with Mr. Finn Whitrock. So, yes. So thank you all for playing. And then as a reminder, we have our listener version, which I combined um, August and September together because I was late to post. So that's why. <laughs> so you have until the end of September, September 30th to play the listener version and connect Finn in six steps or less to Bojack Horseman, Promising Young Woman, Superstore, and Scare Me. And as a reminder, all of these that we choose are ones that we have covered on the show. So if you are head on over to it's a fan of thingpod.com, click on the page that's titled Six Degrees of Finn Whitrock. And if you scroll down and see the selections, if you click on any of those, it'll take you directly to the episode that we did covering those. Uh, so, yep. So check that out. And once again, you have until September 30th to enter. And then I randomly select someone to win some It's a Findom Thing merch. You can also just purchase that if you want to. Purchase It's a Snail Thing. It's a Christian effing Bale Thing. It's a it's Destiel a Thing. Bale thing. <laughs> Christian Snail. Do we snail with Christian Bale? Oh, yes. But it be Carla holding up a piece of paper, a picture of Christian Bale's face. Oh, done. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, we're going to go ahead and close out. So, Aaron, where can all of the listeners find you and tell you how much they love snails? Send me all your pictures of snails. Uh, <laughs> oh, Instagram uh -oh. and Twitter. <laughs> please don't. Please, please don't. Um, Christian snails, I'm okay with. <laughs> now I'm going to send you pictures of snails with little crosses and rosaries <laughs> on their shells. <laughs> <laughs> little so puppets. good. <laughs> <laughs> so the power of Yes. Oh my god, I love it. Okay, yep. So, uh, yeah, at Geek and So. That's what I do at Geek and I So. Thanks. <laughs> Where am I again? I can't. Meg, where can they find you and your podcast, Bed Wet or Behead? They can find me photoshopping snails for Aaron. <laughs> That's where you can find me if you're looking for me in person. Um, but if you're looking for me <laughs> on the interwebs, <laughs> you can find the podcast that I co-host with Carl. And we're coming back after a semi-unplanned hiatus. We are coming back stronger than ever. <laughs> but you can find our podcast, Bed, Wet, or Behead, on Twitter at bedwedbeheadpod. You can find us on Instagram at bed.wed.behead.pod. You can find us on other blue social media, just searching for bedwed or behead. Um, you can email us if you want to, I guess, at bedwedbeheadpod at gmail.com if you have ideas for three fictional non-minor characters <laughs> that you want us to play bedwed behead with. She means minor age-wise, not like she fine if they're they mine. No, they, mine no, they have to be <laughs> miners. <laughs> they go to the Head coal mine. <laughs> coal miners, but adults. 
over the age of 18 i've been trying to get carla to do disney princes and princesses with me but she refuses which makes me very sad um <laughs> anyway um if you're looking for just me and my bullshit you can find me on twitter at wisconsin Act. it is my twitter is just my me bullshitting yelling into the ether and retweeting <laughs> bullshit um you can find me at wisconsin Act, which is w-i-s-c-o-n-s-e-n-n-a-c-h Ta-da! Woo! I don't know Again. why I'm clapping. <laughs> you are good at Photoshop and want to send me Christian snails or Christian fucking snail pictures. Not fucking a snail. <laughs> Please do not send me snail porn. I you. Snail porn. I beg you. Anything but that. No, no, not anything. <laughs> no snail porn. Just snails that worship, worship Jesus Christ. <laughs> snails with Christian bail faces. That's all I want, guys. I'm outsourcing my torment to air. Actually, just do it and then send it to me and tag Geek and Sew. <laughs> there you she, go. That's what she does. She geeks and she sews. <laughs> and then looks at snails. Yes, yes. Snails. At Geek and Snail. <laughs> we really managed to hit all the tangent highlights, guys. I'm really proud of us. I know. We did really well. So, really impressive. And Still under is- two hours somehow. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at E April Beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. On TikTok at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, head on over to our website. It's a fandomthingpod.com. Click the contact us button there and that'll shoot us an email. Or you can email me directly at Aaron at it's a fandomthingpod.com or our old email address, which still works, but it's a fandomthingpod at gmail.com. And on our next episode, which we already recorded, we're going to be talking about Erin A.'s favorite actor. She's not on the episode, surprisingly. But we're going to be talking about Keanu Reeves. And it was a lot of fun. And on that one is Meg's co-host, Carla. And then Danelle, who was the biggest Keanu Reeves fan. And then Paula. So it was a really, really fun conversation that we had talking about Keanu Reeves. And then also... Since this, for people who are listening to the podcast episode, tomorrow is September 1st, and that's when we're opening up our signups for our second horror trivia event, our second annual horror trivia event. And it's only going to be running for four weeks this time, um, and we are going to be doing, four, the first week is going to be 80s horror, second week is television horror, third week women in horror, and then the fourth week is called Devil's Brew. It's just basically going to be a mixture of a bunch of different things in horror and the way we're doing it this time is it's going to be more like jeopardy so there will be different categories that you can choose from within whatever we're covering that night so for 80s horror for instance we're going to have like a category for slashers we're going to have a category for like supernatural stuff a category for like aliens 
teen horror, comedy horror, that kind of stuff. So it'll be a ton of fun. And like I said, only four weeks in October. Um, it, we are asking for a $5 donation that will go to one organization of the winner's choice. So it's like donating. Um, if you become a Patreon supporter before you sign up and you sign up with the same email address, then that $5 is waived. So there's a little perk there. So just letting you know about that. So by the t so by tomorrow, if you're listening to this on the 31st, you will go over to our website. There should be a page that will be a titled horror trivia event. And there will be um, like a Google, like I can't, they're called Google forms or whatever those are called. Now I can't remember. And you just fill that one out and it'll take you. And then for the $5, you can go to our buy me a coffee account, which is also on our website under support us. And then just show proof that you did that or use the same email address. When you sign up, you can be either in a team of two or just one person. And also another little note that we are adding this time is we are asking people to try and be okay with coming on the live stream and be part of the live stream if you're a contestant. It depends though, because if we have a bunch of contestants sign up, I only can allow a certain number of people on the screen. So I might just have them go backstage and come back on, backstage, back on, that kind of thing. If you are completely not okay with that, then, um, sorry, I got distracted. If you are completely not okay with that, then just let me know and we can try and work something else out. Because I know we didn't do that last year, but this was a suggestion of having people come on and you'll get like a link to come on and you'll be backstage. And, you know, it'll be kind of like just like you are on Jeopardy where I don't know how we'll have people ring in. We haven't said we'll probably just do it like we did the last time and go around. And then if the person isn't able to answer them a certain time, then um, we will go to the next person. Okay, and we will have a different promo for that. Hopefully by the time this drops, we shot a bunch of stuff and I was not calling on my film school roots enough and it really, some of it doesn't really work. Everybody was great in it. Everybody was great in it. It's not everybody, it's my, it's totally on me. Some of the stuff is amazing. Some of it, it's kind of like, okay, I don't know what this is, but it's not on anybody but me that that happened, but hopefully we'll have that promo up soon but and we have some some prizes that we already picked up from the store 5280 in denver so if you are in colorado please go visit them shout out to 5280 for doing that because they donated some prizes to us as well so big huge shout out to them they're a great 80 store that i could spend thousands and thousands of dollars at they are amazing and what they get all the time changes so please please go check them out support local businesses Okay, well, until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and stop Asian hate. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, are you a super fan of Taylor Swift, Jelly Roll, or Morgan Wallen? Are you that song nerd who likes to dive into every little lyric of every little song and figure out what everything means? Do you want to take that a bit further, though? 
because I have a podcast called Songwriter Soup, and it dives into the journey of a songwriter and how those people help craft the soundtrack of your life. I'm Laura Veltz, and I'm bringing all of my friends together to discuss our funny little job writing for all of your favorite artists. Listen to Songwriter Soup wherever you get your podcasts.